0: You are listening to the Motherhood Unstressed Podcast, and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am so glad you're here, as always. And this is a good one to tune into. This week, I'm speaking with Sarah Merrill-Hall. She's the founder of the wildly popular Big Kid Problems Instagram account. It's hilarious. And she's joining us for an enlightening conversation on the intricacies of new motherhood. We're talking about spirituality, finding balance, self-care, and also we're addressing perinatal depression, something that Sarah went through and has been really open about in her own life and sharing that with her audience. Um, with warmth and reliability, Sarah is laying out her personal journey and how you know the experiences from pregnancy to birth to the period after birth, also known as the fourth trimester, Was not what she expected, which for me that was exactly the case. And I think for all of us, it's just you don't know until you're going through it what it really is going to entail and what it's really going to take out of you. Um, So we are talking about, of course, self care and balance and how to have more grace and compassion for yourself, especially if you're a new mom. Sarah's heartfelt stories, wisdom, and actionable advice are helping create a safe space for mothers. So if you're tuning into this and you learn something or something resonates, please share that with the other moms in your life who you think could benefit from knowing that, from learning that, just from hearing her stories. So please enjoy this episode with Big Kid Problems founder, Sarah Merrill-Hall. Well, hello, Sarah. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad that you're here.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm pumped to be here
0: yeah and for our listeners who may not know already who you are and what you do in the world, can you give us a brief um, overview of your origin story and how the events in your life led you to the work that you're doing now?
1: Yes, okay, so some people know me from Big Kid problems. It's a large uh, social media account big on Instagram. Mostly it's just it's comedy based. it's it's really uh, focused around you know not wanting to be an adult and kind of like the daily little, you know, musings through life, uh, and about, you know, growing up. And I started it actually when I was in college. Um, and you know, it was kind of like just like a fun thing that I used to put up these tweets, uh, all about, you know, navigating the real world. It was like, I was, you know, graduating college, moving into the workforce and, and had a lot of jokes about, you know, being confused, not knowing what the hell I wanted to do with my life and figuring out, you know, how to maintain a job and an apartment and all of that good stuff. And that was a long time ago. I graduated college a while ago. So I I kind of just used a social media account for funsies and had it my whole entire 20s. And really the quote unquote, big kid problems have changed with me over time. So what started as an account all about, you know, like, you know grinding at work and being in an entry level job ter- transitioned into you know dating and you know moving in with a significant other getting engaged uh and now you know um numerous career moves and now uh pregnancy and motherhood so the account has changed a lot but it's it's all kind of based in in fun and humor And, um, most recently my little foray into pregnancy and motherhood resulted in a podcast. So I have a whole new podcast kind of following that journey and it's a lot, it's a little bit different than my social media account because it's, it's a little bit more informative. It's a little bit, um, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's actually much different than anything I did on social, but that's kind of, um, that's kind of the genesis of, of what I, what I do.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's got to be cool to look back and you have this time capsule, like you said, through your whole twenties of how you evolved, what you were learning, how you were changing, but at the root of it, you were always sticking to this sense of like lightness and humor. And I think for so many of us, like that's why it's so big. And that's why it's so beneficial because it's like, we need that, you know, because life is full of ups and downs. And if you can laugh through it and laugh at yourself, it's like you you've figured it out, you know, like you crack the code.
1: 100%. That's like the whole name of the game. It's going to take the hard stuff that we go through in life and make light of it. And also just realize how relatable everything is, you yeah. know? Like I think sometimes we go through a lot of these big transitions in life and we think like, "Oh my god, my world's ending or I'm the only one going through this." And no, it is actually like so common.
0: Absolutely. And that uh, is the perfect transition to what you're doing now with the podcast as a new mom and you know even before that you were always so courageous with telling the truth you know telling about the suck and motherhood <laughs> is wonderful and beautiful and it's the best thing that's ever happened to me but at the same time there's a lot of things that challenge you and you've always been honest about that um what would you say to the woman listening who who is struggling who maybe does feel alone and you've been so open with your own uh, um, perinatal um, depression. Can you talk about that? And then also to the woman listening, how can she get through that a little bit better?
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. There, there is so much, I mean, with pregnancy and postpartum and motherhood, all of the things, I think we have this notion of what it's supposed to look like, you know, like we all kind of have these images from movies or TV shows or whatever it is. Like, I think I, I came into pregnancy so excited to be pregnant. I was like, I'm going to crush this. Mm-hmm. I love food. I love chilling. Like I'm going to be like super on my health and wellness and, and bring life into this world. Like I can't wait. I had been like looking, you know, it's something that my husband and I had been like looking forward to and excited about. And I was floored by the reality of like, wow, this is really hard. I don't know if everybody's experience is that way, but at least for me in my pregnancy, I had like a rough, rough pregnancy pretty much from the beginning all the way until the very end. It was a struggle. And I think that's like one of the big crucial things is and something that I want to do is just be more open about all of it, talk about all of it, because that's something that I think oh, I get a lot of messages, at least in my podcast of like, oh my God, you're saying all the things that yeah. like people don't say. And it's important because those of us who come into this this situation or come into this experience don't know because we don't hear, we don't hear about the negative side, um, which I think there's a lot of reasons for that. I think a lot of women, you know, don't want to seem ungrateful, you know, to be uh, pregnant when, you know, a lot of people... Yeah are struggling to get there. They don't want to seem ungrateful or, you know, any, anything like that or what have you, but, um, yeah, it can be really tough. I know you mentioned, um, perinatal depression. Like this is, this is one of those things which I had never, ever heard of, had no idea was a thing, but I I think most of us have heard of postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. That was something I had heard of. I was, you know, aware of what I didn't know is that there's a sister to postpartum depression. And that is, perinatal depression that is basically the same thing but it happens in pregnancy so I'm going through pregnancy I'm I'm having a pretty rough go I'm pretty sick um morning till night you know but that's that's kind of to be expected I mean I didn't realize morning sickness was like an all-day thing but mm-hmm. here we are and then I wake up one day I want to say it was like a week around week 17. And I'm specific about that because I learned after the fact that this is pretty common right around this window of time. But wow. I wake up one morning and I am clinically depressed, <laughs> like very, very, very low in a way that I had never experienced before. And I was really just taken aback. Like, what is going on? Like, this can't this can't be normal. Um, and I was just feeling very, very low, feeling terrible about myself, fe- having like these crazy thoughts of, you know, I don't deserve this baby. And I feel so bad that this baby has me as a mother, like just terrible, terrible mm-hmm. thoughts. And, um, you know, I, I immediately just, just knowing myself and knowing like my, I, I'm pretty like cautious and aware of my own mental state. Cause I struggle with anxiety on a normal basis but I knew that this was, this was different. And, um, luckily I, I went and sought help immediately and learned about perinatal depression. And then this is something that some women go through in in pregnancy. It's, um, I want to say around like 15%, 15 to 20% of women will experience this. And sure enough, I, 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 you know, I, I talked about it on my podcast. I started getting all these messages of women being like, Oh my God, I think I have this. Like I didn't even know it was a thing. And that's just one little tiny example of a lot of stuff that we go through in pregnancy that is just not known. Yeah. And we've been doing this for a long time. Right. From the get, did, did the
0: doctors say like, what causes, is it a physical thing? Is it the hormones? Is it a lack of certain nutrients? Like what is going on to cause that? Because obviously it's not like you want to go down this road. It's not like, oh, you know, you know, this is tough. I'm, I'm suddenly not feeling good. Like there has to be a physical component.
1: Yes. There's, so there's a couple different factors that can um, contribute to perinatal depression. The one that I think was big for me, and that's why I mentioned that week 17, is um, and this, there's a couple different weeks. There's, I think it's like week seven, week 17 to 19, there's these hormone shifts that go mm-hmm. on in your body. And for me, that was what triggered this. Like there was a, a hormone shift going on, and it just really flipped me upside down uh, on my head. Um, so that's a factor. There's other factors, though, too, um, you know, like not feeling completely supported. I, I, they they mentioned that a lot of um, single mothers or mothers that are, are going through this process will experience perinatal depression at a, at a higher rate because there's just more anxiety, less support um, going on. There's um, those are some of the big ones. And, you know, it, it, I think it, it it can't it's not something you can necessarily prepare for, but it is one of those things that if it is happening to you, you can at least understand more about it, learn more about it, get help. That was the big thing for me is, you know, seeking therapy and um, realizing that there was things that I could do to help it, where it was huge, let, let alone just, you know, rather than just sitting back and suffering with it.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I think that you even just sharing that is so empowering to every woman listening to this, whether they're in that stage of motherhood or not. It's like sometimes we feel guilty about things that happened in the past and how we approach things. But if you look at it like, oh my gosh, maybe this was what was going on the, the entire time, like, wow, what a relief. I can let go of the guilt, let go of any shame that I was holding on to. Like that is healing right there.
1: For sure. For sure. I agree.
0: So what were some of those things that you did that actually did help besides talk therapy? Were there specific things that really got you through it?
1: Yeah. So uh, like you kind of said, just acknowledging that, okay, this is happening to me and I could release some of the like guilt and shame for sure around it and know that this is something that I can deal with, um, you know, outside of, outside of myself. So therapy helped Um, just doing a lot, a little bit more self-care, um, working out. That was something I, I do in my normal day-to-day life life. I'm like big on working out for, for specifically just for my mental health. Mm-hmm. And when I was pregnant and when I was sick, I, I had stopped that, you know, I wasn't really doing, um, much activity. And I think that probably contributed to it a little bit. So I, you know, started getting out more, started making myself go on these daily mm-hmm. walks outside, getting outside of my house. Cause for a while there I was literally posted up on the couch, like morning till night, just so nauseous with like a bucket next to me. (laughs) Um, But making sure to get out and sure enough, as soon as I started walking, started moving, I did start feeling better, even physically, not just mentally. But um, working out was a big thing for me. Um, You know, making sure to like get out, just getting out of my bubble, I think was huge. Talking to friends, getting out there um, and, just, you know, powering through it. And I will say too, for at least in my experience, I had I experienced a hor- like horrible perinatal depression, but then it started getting better. Um, I went from like being in a very, very low state to being in a state that was more manageable. And that's another thing that another tool that I used um was just kind of keeping track of my moods. I thought it was just very helpful and kind of like eye-opening. Like every, you know, every day I would kind of give myself like a mental health score yeah. where I was like, okay, zero is like the absolute lowest that I can possibly feel. Number 10 is like absolute joy and like love and I'm, and I'm loving everything, you know? Like, so I would give my myself a daily score from like zero to 10 to kind of see where I was. And looking at that, I was able to kind of see, okay, where am I really? Like, there was only a couple of days that I was really at like a zero one. Um, and then I was mostly like living at like a, a level three, a mm-hmm. level three, sometimes four. So I think just, just kind of getting a better understanding of it, at least it, it gave me a sense of control. And that yeah. is something I think a lot of people struggle with in, in, in a depression, a depressive state is like this lack of control. And at least that was something that helped me kind of fight back.
0: Absolutely. Did faith play any kind of part in your journey into motherhood? Did you, did it make you more religious? It honestly, it made me more religious because I was like, I don't know what to do. This is really hard. I'm just going to start praying. And like that kind of like was when that whole thing started. What about you?
1: Um, I mean, I definitely said quite a few prayers. (laughs) I said (laughs) lots and lots of prayers. Um, you know, I think I think after the fact, after birth and all of that, I think, you know, spiritually, it was a little bit more like, whoa, this yeah. is insanity. But during, I mean, it was just, it was hard for me. I mean, I I really was living in like a low vibrational state. I was living in that three, you know, sometimes four zone the whole time. So it was hard to like, you know, have have faith, but, um, I, I used other things. I did like hypnosis. Mm-hmm. I did like all cra- kinds of crazy stuff, trying to like help myself through it. Um,
0: I think that's a testament to honestly, like how strong you were, like you're at your lowest point physically, you don't feel good and you're still like reaching, you know, you're like, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to seek help. I'm, I'm help. I'm doing all these things to make sure that I make it so that I can then be there for this baby that I wanted and my partner wanted and we've been striving. Like it just it makes me admire women and you you know you too like because we reach down and we dig deep and we know like even though now sucks we're going to keep <laughs> going. We're going to we're going to do whatever it takes to make it and like the, you're clear evidence of that.
1: Yeah, thank you. But yes, for sure. I mean, that is that is the big thing when it comes to pregnancy. And at least now I know this in case you know if I'm going to go down this road again for number two. Um, that just it's all temporary. It is really, and that is I mean so true even outside of pregnancy. Outside, you know, in any any I've had depressive episodes in my twenties. You know, and it's kind of the same thing. I I think what has helped me get through that was reaching, using tools, um, and knowing that it, it it will pass. I just have to kind of like move through and take like one step in front of the other.
0: Yeah. And I think again, like even having this conversation for people who have had kids who have not yet have kids who are thinking about it, it's not meant to freak anybody out or scare other women away. Like I know a lot more women aren't having children because of, you know, finances and everything else but it's like, it's okay. You know, it's going to be okay. This is just a moment in time. And if you can have that self-awareness that you did and, and do the self-work and work out and nurture yourself, not only are you going to get through it, it might be tough. I and mean, you might be at a three, but you are <laughs> going to get through it. You know, there is light at the end of the tunnel. And that to me is like the crux I feel like of this conversation. It's like, do the work, take care of yourself, love yourself, and know that no matter what happens, you're going to be okay.
1: Yes, for sure. And it's funny you mentioned that because that is something I thought about in pregnancy consistently. I was like, the fact that there is a human race is mind boggling to me. Like the fact that women do this and then do it again, because I was living through (laughs) it. I was hating it. I was like, oh, I can't, I cannot believe that we're even here the fact that women do this right. and after going through the entire process myself you know like <laughs> struggling every single day i honestly i i equate um pregnancy this is terrible but to um like being in a jail cell like you you know that visual of the guy like marking down each day you know mm-hmm. uh, chiseling you know into the wall that was me like honestly, just marking off each day. Like I, I got through it. I got yeah. through it. Just, it was a painstaking process. Birth wasn't that great <laughs> to say it, but at the end of it, when I had my baby and have my son now, I'm like, Oh, let's sign me up for a couple more. Let's do this again. It, <laughs> it, it really, it, it was absolutely worth it. And like mm. light at the end of the tunnel is the way of, is the great way of phrasing it because it, it yeah. really, it really was true for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You earn the baby. That's for sure. (laughs) Um, But let's talk about those, those moments, those months, uh, weeks after um, you give birth. And I remember a coworker told me one time, she's like, the first six weeks are the hardest. The first six weeks are hell. If you can get through that, you're going to be golden. And so I always remember that she told me that years before I had kids, And so I always remember that. So when I was like crying over my son in the tub, I talk about that in my TED talk. I'm like, my life, it was just terrible. I was so scared. I was so anxious. I just remembered her saying that. and I was like, okay, okay, it's going to be okay. Like you kind of have to talk yourself off a ledge sometimes. Um, But I love how you talk about, um, you know, getting through breastfeeding. For me, it was not easy. Like it was really painful and my nipples were raw and it was just not a fun thing. But it was like, okay, I'm going to give this my all and, and do it. Can you talk about for women going through that right now maybe struggling with that right now how how to get through that and and not just again not just get through it but kind of get the upper hand.
1: Yeah, oh my gosh. Okay, so many things. One, I heard that too. 6 weeks. You just got to get through 6 weeks and you're golden. You're good. To so be to be honest, like I don't know if I totally thought that was true. I think that's like ground zero level. Yeah. You get through those 6 weeks, but you know, you're not home free <laughs> after six weeks, the body's some, th- some things are, are definitely better. Um, uh, but it's still, it's still hard as shit after that mm-hmm. six weeks and your body is still 100% recovering. You're still going, you're still very much in postpartum after six weeks. And I think that is something that like society needs to have some shifts around because I don't think I was getting enough grace out there in the world. Like even my husband was like, I think he thought, postpartum. Oh, you just you had your 6 week appointment. We're good. We're done. Yeah. I'm like, "No, we are not done. We are so not done." <laughs> um so that's that's one thing. And then you mentioned breastfeeding. Okay. So for me, this was a this was tough and something I talk about, you know, surprises that you have coming into pregnancy or postpartum, this was probably one of the biggest for me because I thought you know, this is natural. This is something your body knows how to do. You, you have to, you know, you have your baby, your body's going to feed your baby. This is how it's been done forever. So I was so surprised when I tried to feed my baby for the first time in the hospital and it wasn't working. And not only was it not working, but, um, it, I, I utilize every resource in the hospital. Like they had lactation consultants mm-hmm. there. I met with consul, uh, a lactation consultant every day. I was in the hospital, which I was in the hospital for three days. Um, I ended up meeting with four because I'm, you know, I I had an extra one on the last day or something, but I met with four lactation consultants in the hospital. Um, they each gave me different information. Uh, I worked with every, every nurse that was in the hospital with me, you know, morning shift, night shift, we all tried different things, Mm -hmm. trying to make, you know, a latch happen, you know, make breastfeeding, breastfeeding happen. Um, which for the, anybody who's in this too, I mean, it's important to know that your milk supply is not going to come in right away. I think that was like a big, um, thing that I didn't know was going to happen, um, that it takes a couple days, but anyway, tried breastfeeding. I, I didn't real I I came into breastfeeding too with a lot of grace for myself because I know that women in my family have had trouble breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. I knew that my grandma, my grandma had told me stories of like being in Sweden and they didn't have formula and she couldn't like breastfeed and it was a whole thing. Um I know my aunt had trouble, so I knew going into it that I mu- there was a a chance that I was going to have trouble too because just genetically and her hereditarily hereditarily I got you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You you guys got what I'm going. Um, and yeah, sure enough, that happened. But I didn't realize how hard it would be. Like I I walked into that situation with a lot of grace. Like if it happens, it happens. If not, we have formula. It's amazing. Yeah. But when it when it push came to shove, I and I held that new baby in my hands, and I was like, this child is perfect and he's fresh out of my body. I want to do everything I can to like give him the perfect experience. And I didn't want to give him formula. I wanted him to, I wanted to give him breast milk and colostrum and all the things that your, your body is supposed to give him. So I, that surprised me. I was a lot harder on myself than Mm -hmm. I thought. Um, it was, I felt a lot of guilt and a lot of shame that my body was not producing what he needed. And he was dropping weight. He he was dropping, you know, they, they say that babies are going to drop weight in the hospital. Um, and there's a threshold that is considered safe. And he was dropping below that, um, which was scary for me. And, and then, after the fact, you know, I came home, I had met with four lactation consultants. They, I had rented a hospital grade pump so that I could pump when I got home and just get anything out and still wasn't really working. Um, and then of course, because I was doing all of this stuff to my boobs and just overkill, just really, really overkill on my boobs. I developed mastitis, which was Mm -hmm. super painful. I had Mm -hmm. a, you know, a rash going up my whole chest and, you know, it came to the, t- the point where I talked to my doctor. They're like, look, you're going to have to do 10 days of antibiotics and you really shouldn't, you know, breastfeed with those antibiotics because that'll go straight to the baby. So I was going to have to pump, which was super, super painful for 10 days, not give the baby anything and then try and breastfeed at the end of it. And and uh, after talking to my husband and my support system, I was like, you know what, I am I think I'm going to throw in the towel and i ended up throwing in the towel after 6 days of my son being born which was really hard um i felt not only pressure on myself but pressure from the outside world too like i thought you know i remember there was a couple times early in that journey where i was like at the park with other moms and i was bottle feeding and moms being like your son looks pretty young are you your breast you're bottle feeding already and having, you know, moments like that Jeez. where it's just like, oh, you know, like I think people don't even realize sometimes like what they're, mm-hmm. you're, they're saying. But um I did, I struggled with that my first month for sure. Just feeling so bad, feeling like, you know, really guilty that I was unable to feed him. And at the end of the day, he just hit a year. He's doing great. You know, he's thriving. He's, he's happy. He's, you know, all of these things that I was so nervous about. He he's perfectly healthy, perfectly fine. And I think situations like that for moms, like if there's you know, you, you, we ought to give ourselves grace. And, and especially in a situation with breastfeeding, like I know if, if it doesn't happen, it's, it's sometimes it's okay. Like I like, mm-hmm. I like to, I said on my podcast, I'm like, if you need somebody to tell you that it's, it's okay. And it's going to be all right. I'll be that person to be like, you know, what? if you have to throw in the towel, do it. Like, right. you know,
0: right. Cause at the end of the day, like we do what we do for ourselves so that we show up as the best mother for our children. Right. And in our relationships too, if you are in pain and you're you know, upset and filled with guilt and shame and all these things, you're not going to then hold your baby with a clear head, a present mind. You know, you're not going to have a conversation with your partner and actually be listening to that person. You know, you're going to be somewhere else. So absolutely, you know, do what you need to do to feed your baby and to keep everyone good. Um, yeah. And one of the other things I really love that you talk about is asking for support from your partner, how to really communicate that. Because I feel like when you're a new mom, you're kind of turned upside down. You know, it's like you jump off a diving board into the deep end and you're kind of, when you're rolling around and you're trying to find your bearings, how do you then give give advice to all everyone listening, communicate what you need. How do you even know what you need and and effectively communicate that to your partner in a way that it's going to be received well and not just like, whoa, you know, she's having a moment.
1: Yeah. Oh, this is, this is so important and something that I see a lot of my mom friends struggle with. I think they just like take on so much and they, they do everything, you know, they just, they do it all. And, and they, they chalk it up to like, oh, well, you know, I have the mother instincts. And and sometimes their partners just don't jump in and, and help or offer to help. Or maybe like the the partners are like confused of what to do. I and and I have to give my husband credit for this because he is we just have a really good sense of communication. And we both like do a lot of stuff to work on ourselves. So we can have like very straightforward conversations that I, I think one of the first things I said to him is I was like, look, I'm going to. I'm going to say some things and I'm, I don't, I don't have the brain power to make this articulate or pretty, Mm -hmm. or like, maybe this is going to sound wrong, but I just have to like explain what is going on. And I would just like word dump on him Mm -hmm. and he would sit there patiently and like try and take it in. Um, so I think that is one of the big things is like, you just have to communicate no matter like however you can. Um, and even if it's not perfect, just just getting it out there. Sometimes even just writing it down. Like there was a couple things I did not know how to articulate that I felt that I was. Um, I, there's now a term for it, like the mental load of motherhood, yes. where I was taking on so many things that I think he was just not even aware of. You mm-hmm. know, like, it, there were certain decisions that had to be made like with breastfeeding, um, are we going to formula feed? What kind of formula are we going to get them? Um, what kind of feeding schedule are we going to do all of this stuff? My husband was like, I'm going to do whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to do is fine with me. And I'm like, thank you. I'm sure you think that that is helpful, but actually that's a lot of pressure that I have to make all of these decisions. I have to do all the research to make the right decisions. And then those decisions are all on my shoulders. So like that is an example of like me just being very open with him and being like, I need you to help me make these decisions. Like, don't just put them on me. Um, so that that's one of that's one of the big ones.
0: No, I love that. I love that too because it's like writing it down. Especially for me, was so helpful. Like, I would journal almost immediately when I felt like, oh God, you know, I'm, stuff's getting kind of dark. I'm yeah, you know, I'm kind of losing myself with this new baby, especially in the first year. And that was a way for me to kind of list out. Figure out what was important, prioritize, and then what I could then pass off to him because I did want to take on a lot. I did kind of want to make all the decisions. I didn't want to be told what to do, um, but at the same time, it's like you can drown living like that. Yes, yes. Um,
1: Writing so down I, is good too because that's something I realize is when I would write stuff down. I'm like, oh, some of that stuff that I was like gonna kill him for actually isn't a thing. <laughs> like, yes, you know, like yes, you kind of realize. Funny. Yes. Yeah. You can kind of like at least write it down, go about your day and come back to it. And I think when you come back to it, that's a, a very good way of being like, oh, you know, maybe yeah. he didn't wash that bottle the way I liked, but maybe that's not grounds for divorce, you know? Okay.
0: There's gonna be a lot more. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Okay. So you are a year in, how has your relationship changed with yourself? Not just with your partner, with your new child, how have you changed in the past year? And what have you done to make sure that that transition has been positive? Oh my
1: gosh. I mean, I really, I really look at motherhood as like a metamorphosis. You know, Mm -hmm. you kind of come out a completely different, a completely different version of yourself. Um, I've changed a lot. Uh, You know, I've, it's hard to even put into words. I feel like every aspect of my life has changed, which is scary. You know, I think that's one of the harder parts of postpartum too, is just kind of this identity shift, this whole identity change that you go through. It can be kind of alarming when you when you take stock of your life and you're like, whoa, my job looks different. My friendships look different. Um, all of that stuff. Um, when it comes to just like the relationship specifically to myself, I feel like I'm a lot, I have a a lot of, like, I'm very proud, you know, at the end of the day, I think that's been the biggest Is I I look at myself as like, holy shit, I'm strong. (laughs) Like I am one strong bitch. (laughs) Like, and I, and I think the challenges that come my way now, I feel like I am much more equipped to handle things just don't seem as scary or hard because I've already done like the scariest, hardest things, um, in my life. And I've come out the other side, um, I also just look at my body in a totally different way. You know, like I, I look at my body like, Whoa, how incredible is this, this vessel that I live in? Um, this, the, the things that have happened to my body and, you know, the changes that I've seen just in pregnancy and then coming out of it and like having my body, I have had to like regain regain strength and do all of this stuff. And and get back to a place where I feel, I feel like not only just like physically stronger, but like mentally, emotionally, mm-hmm. all of the things. Um, it is, it's just, a, it's a totally different, it it shakes up everything in yeah. your life for sure.
0: Absolutely. Okay. So we are almost to the end of time. If there were one final message that you would want to leave to the woman listening about, about the work that you've done, about m- new motherhood, about anything that we've talked about, what would that be?
1: Oh my gosh! Um, with motherhood and with with pregnancy and all of that, if if anybody is going through that journey, first of all, I've got to shout myself out. Come hang out on my pregnancy and motherhood podcast bottle service because I think, um, you know, we all go through a lot of shit through pregnancy and motherhood, and it's it's helpful to to know that you're not alone. Like that is the, that is a key message here. Like you are so not alone in all of the crazy stuff that is happening in your life. Like we all go through it. And I think leaning on other women and communicating with other women is so huge. Like that is something that, um, motherhood has taught me. Like I have leaned so much heavier on my other mom friends who have gone through it before me for advice, for wisdom, for just support. And, I know I I talk to a lot of women who are going through this alone. Like maybe they're the first person in their friend group who's pregnant or, you know, what have you. Maybe it's like their second pregnancy, but it's just totally different than their first. Um, I'm happy to be somebody that could be there for you and to share an experience with. And that's huge. And then one one last thought I wanted to say, because I had a bunch that came through my head when you Mm -hmm. said that. But also, just if you're in this, like, just know that you're doing a great job. Like, you're doing amazing. It is so hard. It's one. Of, it's the hardest. It's the hardest thing I think yes. to go through to do is is be a mom. It's the hardest job in the world. And if you're, you know, going through it, if you're trying your best, no matter what that looks like, like you're you're doing great. You're doing amazing. That that's all.
0: Oh, beautifully said. Yeah, I think if you are worried about how you're doing, you're doing a great job because you care.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: Well, Sarah Merrill Hall, where can our audience find out more about you? Listen to the podcast. Give us all the links.
1: Yes. Um, Instagram is my big channel, Big Kid Problems. If you just want to you know, show up for giggles, I, I post content pretty much every day and just like funny little things about day-to-day life. And then, of course, the uh, linked on my Instagram is my podcast, Bottle Service. Um, and yeah, it, it, the pregnancy episodes are at the beginning of the podcast. So I always tell people if they show up there and they're pregnant, just scroll down to the beginning. It's literally a week by week of pregnancy. So if you're like 24 weeks pregnant, you can find your week oh, and go with me from there. And yeah, all the postpartum episodes are stream are up now and we're still within season. So there's new episodes to come, but coming out.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much for taking time to speak to my audience today, to be real, to be funny to uh, just give us all permission to to just enjoy the ride, you know, to, to get through it and not be so hard on ourselves. Like that alone is just so, so huge. So thank you.
1: Thank you for having me. This was so fun.
0: And this episode is sponsored by Warmies, your new go-to for a cozy and comfortable sleep experience for you or your kids. These plushies are adorable, but they're designed to provide you with the soothing warmth you need for a good night's rest. Warmies are made with premium quality materials that can be microwaved providing you with the perfect amount of heat to ease pain and promote relaxation. I love the lavender scent. It diffuses throughout the entire room and is immediately calming to me and my kids. So whether you need a comforting hug after a long day or sleep aid to ease insomnia, Warmies are here to provide you with the perfect solution. And for a limited time, use my code ELIZABETHC15 to save 15% off your order. Try Warmies today and experience the warmth of comfort like never before.